we are trying to reduce the noise dramatically um, on email marketing, right? So today, if you take the 2%, it's like 100, send 100 emails, get two replies. Yep. Our vision for the world is send 10 emails, get five replies. That's a better vision for everybody. This is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Our guest today is Andy Mowat. Andy is a serial entrepreneur, advisor, and investor with over 18 years of experience in growing technology companies with a focus on marketing and revenue operations. Andy has had a key role in scaling businesses like CultureAmp, Box, and Upwork. After sending over 100 million emails in his career, he founded Gated to fix email for both buyers and sellers. Andy, welcome to the podcast. Great to meet you, guys. Andy, man, it's awesome to have you on the show. I was doing some research in your background and you've been a part of really three unicorn type startups really that have made it, which is impressive in and of itself. Like most businesses, especially our industry knows this in the small business space, it's like 90% failure rate within five years. And that really probably transcends just the small business space. It's really entrepreneurs and and startups in general. Mm -hmm. You've had a multitude of successes within the entrepreneur space. I want to dive right into this topic. Your new company is gated. It's all about email marketing. Give us a little bit of an overview. Why did you start gated? Um, because you're trying to solve a problem with email marketing. Why did you start the company? And then let's get into this whole concept of email marketing and where it's going in your belief. Yeah, totally. I was, I mean, in the simplest form, I was pummeled by email, right? I was an executive at a unicorn um, or a soon-to-be unicorn, and everyone was just lining up and selling me everything under the sun. And so I wrote an email that said, hey, I don't, I, this was just because I was so annoyed. Um, I wrote an email that said, I don't know you. Um, your email's not going to make it to my inbox. Here's my Venmo link, and here's a nonprofit I care about. I think I did Wounded Warrior to start. And people just started Venmoing me money, right? And after wow. that, I ended up building it out. Um, it's funny, like, we're not actually, and we can talk more in the podcast about it, but we're not trying to, like, facilitate more email marketing. We're trying to reduce the noise dramatically in email marketing so that good content still gets through. So what is gated? Kind of give people an idea because that idea of having to sending back a link to donate to charity. So what is gated? It kind of plays off that same idea. Yeah, we, it's exactly what that is. I basically built it out. It's, it's, it's super simple what we do. We, for people that don't know you, we take that email out of the inbox and we send them a challenge email. And that challenge email says effectively, uh, here's the way to get into the inbox, which is donate. We also say, Hey, if, if we know you or if you know us, but you just, this is a new email you can click to kind of avoid the payment as well too. And so we've built that out and uh, we are about to unleash it on the world. So if I email you, it's, and you don't know me, you're, I'm not going to get in the inbox. So you'll send me an email that basically says, Luke, if you want to get into Andy's email, then you have to donate to Wounded Warriors or you can choose to donate to Wounded Warriors. Boom, I donate. You get notified. Do you get notified through an email? I, or does my original email come through the inbox? Your original email gets pulled back and put in the inbox. And then there's a tag put right in the inbox that says donation. And then the user gets donated on how much was donated. So the user gets to pick the nonprofit and the donation amount. Um, Interestingly, 40% of people donate more than the minimum, right? So we let people pay more and we see higher higher donations all the time. Well, I think it triggers like psychologically like reciprocity. Like yes. they've, they've donated, done something good for you or on behalf of you, right? In, in the cause that you support. And now you almost feel this social obligation to at least read their email. 
That's exactly what happened. And we've been testing and iterating on that whole decision process for a long time. Yes. So in a cold email world, you know, with cold outbound response rates are 2%. Um, Somebody donates and the average donation is about three bucks. Um, If somebody donates, the reply rates go up to about 50%. And so you can see, so yeah, exactly. You guys are, you guys make your living on this. And so it's a, if you start to, I think at a fundamental level, we want to force people to think, is this email I'm sending relevant, valuable, and well-written and personalized, right? And so mm-hmm. if, if that happens, um, then you donate. And of course, that email reply rate is, you know, a, a, a 25x increase in reply rate is definitely worth a couple bucks. How many salespeople or marketers, like how many senders are donating? Like out of the percentage that are trying to get through that your system's catching, how many are actually then putting in a donation? Uh, see, we don't fully disclose it. I'm just trying to think of gotcha. like, we, the, the closest I would come to is percentage of challenge emails sent that we monetize and that's upwards of five to 10%. Gotcha. And nice. it's free for the, like I'm an email user, right? Not, not a sender. I'm a receiver. It's free to sign up on my it's end. hundred percent free forever. That's my, that's my fundamental thing that I saw is there's 10,000 tools that help senders, marketers, sellers, pummel, buyers with email. Yep. Um, there's a fundamental problem with the economic model of email, which is if two people want to reach somebody in any other marketing channel, they'll bid that up and one person will get that. In email, everyone just dumps into your inbox. Yeah, right? free. So there, yeah. So there's a, there is a missing marginal cost that doesn't force the right behavior. We've gotcha. done that. Um, and so to answer your question, yes, it's hundred percent free for users. I think we want to build the first tool that gives users defense. Um, you know, everybody on the marketing side has bots and automation and they're sending all this stuff, but the users don't. And so I think what it is, is it's really odd and feels weird when you get the first one of these back, you're like, wait a second, like what just happened here? Yep. Effectively users finally used automation on centers is what happened. And that's what we're building. Super interesting. You see Gmail is making a uh, movement towards this idea of protecting the recipients when they came out with their promotions tab. Right, and every marketer cried when they came, when Gmail came out with the promotions yeah. tab. But you see, it, it's like the segmentation of the emails that are coming into your inbox to help you know the noise. Because I literally, I'm I'm a person that receives easily probably a hundred emails a day. It's insane mm-hmm. because I'm like you, right? I'm running an organization, and everybody's trying to sell me something. Everybody's trying to reach me. You're giving people a very unique way to reach. You had mentioned something when we were researching that you think marketing automation is is dying or is going to die um, here in the future. And I'm curious to know your thoughts on why do you believe marketing autom- automation is headed towards a death? And where is the marketing, where is it going? Where is marketing going from an, at least an email perspective? I don't think it's dying, right? Like we're not trying to shut down email marketing. We are trying to reduce the noise dramatically um, on email marketing, right? So today, if you take the 2%, it's like 100, send 100 emails, get two replies. Yep. Our vision for the world is send 10 emails, get five replies. That's a better vision for everybody, right? So I think what's going to end up happening is you're still going to need to do one-to-one email at scale, but the days of sending from marketing at or hello at or no reply at 
should just be over, um, right? It should, you should have to be forced to think like, listen, this email is going to cost me something. So I want to invest more in the quality and maybe make it personal. You know, at CultureAmp, we started to experiment with, instead of sending tons and tons of emails for event follow-up out of HubSpot, we started to hand them to our reps and say, hey, listen, follow up personally. Um, and we saw dramatic improvements in reply rates, right? So I think you will always need automation because you're still going to need to send emails at scale, but you're, you know, when there's a cost to them, it's going to force you to think about it a little bit differently. No, I totally agree. It's interesting. You're touching on something that Josh and I uh, believe wholeheartedly across all marketing, but specifically with email marketing, which is look, the power of your email marketing is going to be in the power of your list segmentation and the personalization of your content. Meaning how relevant is this content? And this is really ads across the board. The reason why Facebook makes so much money, Google makes so much money is because they have data on you and they can serve ads that they think most likely connect with those data points that you're interested in. And so it's, it's relevant to you. And that's why you're drawn to it. Email marketing has been more of a mass blast platform. I've always been under the impression that, look, you know, where email needs to go is it needs to be not a one-to-many, but more of a one-to-one. Right now, if you think of the platforms, you do one email newsletter, and let's take real estate, for instance, because that's a huge segment of our listeners. Everybody gets the same email newsletter that you're sending out. Where I think like the future of email needs to continue to trend to, which the tech is already there, but it hasn't been adopted totally, is I send an email newsletter, but it adapts to Andy based upon his likes and interests, what content he's into. And the one that's sent to Josh is a little bit different and it adapts to him. Still the ability to go you know, basically a one-to-many blast standpoint, but it's a one-to-one from a content standpoint. What do you think about that? I think it'll work, but when you put, call it a $2 or $3 cost on it, are you really going to send that newsletter? Um, It's going to force you to think about it. Like I did a survey recently. I actually was talking to a gentleman the other day and he made this profound statement, which is, I don't want to consume content via email. And I said, yes, I am in the same boat. Like, <laughs> I, I can use Flipboard, I can use whatever, but I maybe use Twitter. But like when I'm in content consuming mode, it's not the same as email management mode, right? So like, I don't subscribe to any newsletters. If somebody puts me on a newsletter, I unsubscribe. Now, interesting. some people do, some people don't. You know, users that do can allow those emails in and say, great, like this is super high quality content. Like I want to read... I'm a, I'm a real estate person and I want to see, and like, if your content is high enough quality, you'll let it in. Like I've got two or three newsletters where I do say like, this is such high quality content that like, I'm not going to read it here, but I at least want to be alerted to the fact that you just published something. Um, and so I, I think, I don't think the vast majority of people consume content via email. And if you do that, like I think the vast majority of email newsletters will go away right now. They're just like, it costs me nothing to send to my database of 50,000. So I'm going to you, but how many of those people actually do it? So if you put a cost on that, I think you'll dramatically change. What's interesting though, is that email marketing is still one of the most cost-effective ways to market. Well, it is today. It's, it, yeah. if, you, if you ask any marketer, what's your highest ROI channel? They say email because there's no denominator on that equation. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, if you get anything off of it and the cost is zero, it's going to look like a really high ROI channel. If you put a cost on that and you put the denominator on it, all of a sudden email, I mean, I've even got an article on our blog around, you know, the days of 40X ROI on email marketing are dead. They should die if if what we do is right, right? So um, if if it costs anything, you're going to change your behavior, right? If you're having to spend $20,000 a month on email marketing, 
you're, you're, you're just going to find the next mass blast thing that you can do text message, right? Text, no. yeah, well, <laughs> well, the, 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 the random overwhelming content will go to another channel yeah. and uh, email will be less of it sent, but the people that are writing it will invest a lot more in, in content, right? Like I know a guy, he's got two sales teams. One sales team just sends a volume. The other team spends time writing great emails, right? And right now they perform yep. about the same, but in a world under which Gator does that, you know, the writing of the content will become much more important. Yeah. A referral is a reward for a job well done. And there's no reason to hesitate in asking your clients for one. Even so, you may struggle to find the right time or the right words that could open the door to more business. Well, we've got you covered with printable scripts that you can customize to your own style and use with your clients. Whether it's a longtime client or the anniversary of a home sale, we've made reaching out and asking for referrals as easy as saying hello. Go to ReminderMedia.com slash referral script to download this free resource today. That's ReminderMedia.com slash referral script. Take action on this today. Don't you think like the way I kind of think about it is like the the problem with it is that it's all also the like you have your content writing that you're doing. So I could spend hours and hours and hours trying to craft the right email for stay paid, right? And the, the email that's going out. And I'm going to hit people. And because it's valuable content, people will be drawn. But it really is dependent on where that person is at in their journey. So take our podcast, for instance, right now that we're doing. If we craft a big email, mass blast it to our... What's our list? 190,000 for state paid? Yep. Right? So we mass blast it to 190,000. Even though we spend all this time because we have a writer that's going to write it, we have, you know, the we're going to look at the um, subject lines and everything to make sure we're doing relevant keywording, all this stuff. Even though we spend all this time, the real indicator of whether or not we get value or the consumer gets value is based upon where they're at in their journey. So everybody in that 190,000 that has a problem with email marketing right now or wants to learn about email marketing, they're going to be drawn to that content. So my point, I guess I'm ultimately making is going, don't you want it? Like, or is your plan for gated to take it past just the donation side and do it more upon the interest side of like, tell us what you're interested in as a consumer and we will sort and flag your, your database by there. Like, or is it always going to be just trying to add a cost? Google is better at, we're not getting into the world of looking at what is in the email. That is Google's world. Google takes a paradigm of everything should be in the inbox. They're going to use data and AI to analyze it. Right. Yeah. We don't look at the contents of email, privacy and security. We're looking at the relationship graph and determining if somebody should be able to deliver to you. Now you can decide Hey, like, I don't know you, but like, I'd like to receive your content, but our default setting is no, I don't want to receive your content if I don't know from you. You mentioned this idea of email as a paid channel. Is that specifically with this type of like, you've got to pay to get to the inbox? That is part of our vision. It's not the core driving thing in what we do. Um, I think the core driving thing in what we do is to give users defense of their email and whatever, whatever we want to do to do that. I think we, we will explore, but yes, I mean, effectively what we're doing is turning email into a paid channel. What's some of the best tactics you've seen other than obviously doing like triggering the reciprocity effect for an, an outbound emailer, right? So when Mm. we say that we're saying this is a cold email, you don't know this person, it's not a list. The Black Friday emails that have been pouring in from everybody. (laughs) What are some of the best tactics that you've seen to naturally create engagement? I mean, you're getting 
you're getting into the inbox, you're creating that reciprocity, you're getting 50% reply. What are the people that are getting that reply putting in their email? How are they reaching that end user? Well, look at it this way. Like when you get a challenge email, um, you immediately stop and you think, was the email I sent worth two bucks or whatever that price to the user was? Um, and the vast majority of it edits itself out, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> um, a great point. And so actually roughly um, nine out of 10 people say no. It wasn't. <laughs> and so like, we've just driven up the quality of what is in the inbox significantly just with that maneuver. So I don't think there's anything we, we haven't yet enabled this, but it's something we think a lot about is allowing the sender to rewrite that email before they pay for it. Um, which would be great. If like, Hey, it's going to cost you two bucks to deliver. Do you want to rewrite it right now? People aren't. Um, people are just saying, I need to make a decision. Do I send this one or not? Um, but there's a lot of interesting ways we can get to. So is there some magic tactic on email that you can write better emails to get higher replies? That's There's some really cool companies out there doing some cool stuff on that. Like, I think in the end, that's, you know, the first, you guys have probably read the book, Predictable Revenue, right? Um, uh, I haven't, no. Oh, Aaron Ross, Mary Lou Tyler, it's the classic of sales um, outbounding, right? And so they had, you know, they came up with some great tactics there. But with marketing, any tactic, once it becomes prevalent, doesn't work, right? So mm -hmm. they came up with they came up with the concept of like, hey, who's the right person as a subject line, right? So that's not, they're not trying to sell you. You're just like, well, it's not me, but it's this person. And then boom, they're like, great. Andy just told you, just told me that I should reach out to you, right? So they create all these hacks, but at some point, those things become overplayed. Yep. And in marketing, they become overplayed. And then every time I see an email that says like, hey, who's the right person? I'm like, great. I know, I'm, I know this is actually a prospecting email that's trying to waste my time. And so, you know, another one was recently people did the cold FaceTime calls, right? Like that's an idea. Um, it actually worked when they tested it, but because it was so new and so different that people tried it. But once everyone's cold FaceTime and calling, you just shut that down. Right. And so like, I think the beauty marketing is at its core about trying new, interesting things and things work. Right. And so I don't think there is some amazing thing I can say to people to write better emails. Mm. It's like, you just gotta be able to try interesting things, wear your personality in your sleeve. Um, but like, there's only so much innovation you can do in email. You know, it's interesting. There's another company that has kind of played off of the same tactic of play. Like it's almost like pay to play in a way. It's the buy, I want to buy you lunch or I want to buy you a coffee. Have you seen these mm. companies and they literally facilitate, even though this person might be in California trying to prospect me, they're going to buy me lunch and they're going to eat lunch over Zoom. And we'll basically have a lunch together. But it's the same type of idea that, hey, I'll buy you a coffee, I'll buy you lunch if you allow me basically to, you know, pitch you for five minutes or whatever. And their pitch comes through email, but that's how they've posed up their emails. At first, it got my attention. But then because of what you're saying, it's overdone. It's like I just ignore almost all of them now. Well, here's the thing. It's actually very different than what we do. Um, it sounds similar when you start, right? Um, they're selling time. We're selling attention. It's a subtle difference, but I've probably seen 30 companies over the years. And I've studied this problem for like my entire career um, that are selling like, hey, for this price, I'll get you this meeting with this person. 
Have you guys ever done a uh, timeshare presentation? I was just, when I've Luke set, was saying I've, that, I've I was sitting here thinking some. of timeshare. When you sell your hour, you cannot get it back, yeah. right? And somebody owns you for that time. The reality is you're, that coffee costs, you know, you get the 25 to $50 gift card, yep. but your half hour is worth much more than that, right? So there's a fun, there's, a, there's three or four problems with selling time. Um, the biggest one I've seen is just delivering consistent demand on that side. We're selling attention. Um, and so we've thought deeply about it. Like we put that email in your inbox. That is an interruption. Um, you can spend 30 seconds on it, a minute on it and get rid of it. Or you can opt in to take a bigger relationship and reply to that thing. Um, it's a massively subtle difference that we've realized over the last two years. Mm -hmm. So we are not selling our users time. Um, we are selling like small interruptions to their attention. Right. Mm. And you've humanized it too. Like the problem with email is you just don't like, there's no connection there when it's cold email. When someone donates to Wounded Warriors, which is your charity, and you know they made the conscious decision to do it, you know someone on the other end thinks it's important enough for you to see this, especially depending on the amount they yeah. donate. It's, it's powerful. Like we've had ones where like, oh, there's this one woman that donated to one of our users, Dan, articles on her blog, but she donated a buck or two bucks. And it was like, no, you know, it's not for me, but why don't you try over here? And she ended up finding another lead over there, come back and gave $25 more dance charity. Like, thank you so much. Right. So like there's these causes and these, these connections that are there. And so I think that's the big message that we're after, which is people may see us the first time and they say, yikes, like this is scary and new and I don't like it. But if you take a step back and you say like, we're not after shutting down communication. We're actually after creating the right connections. But to do that, we need to take the noise down for everybody. Hmm. That's awesome stuff. I think what you guys are doing is really cool. We want to ask everyone who comes on the show, uh, who's highly successful, obviously someone who's led and, and has been part of three major companies. You founded your own company. What are some of the daily routines or daily activities that you do that have contributed to your success? daily routines. I'm fairly systematic process running. I mean, every day I will post on social media. So I will carve out time to do that. I think they, and being consistent in what messages you have. Um, I'd say, you know, beyond that, I think it's just being personal and, and, and helping people out. Like I'm a big fan of just giving back to, to folks, you know, they may be 20 years younger than me, but I can help them out. And those things end up, I, there's one guy, I, he needed some advice. I gave it to him. We became really good friends. And now he's like giving me advice. Right. And so I think, but if you give without expecting, I think it can be helpful. And now there's the danger, right? You give without expecting. And sometimes people end up trying to sell you more. <laughs> so it's a, it's, it's a, it's a slippery slope for sure. Do you know how much money, and it's okay if you don't or don't want to say it, how much money Gated has raised for all these different charities? There? I do, I do. We don't disclose it yet. Okay. I think we focus more on, um, we haven't really fully released Gated to the public yet. Like you can't just go on and sign up. Um, uh, we've got a huge waiting list and it's growing rapidly. I think we're still tweaking some things behind the scenes before we do that. So we've been focused much more on like, what are the unique economics? What's the experience for the user? Um, what's the experience for the sender? And if we get yeah. those things right, then this thing grows really fast. So, yeah. you know, our aspiration is to give this away free to millions of users. Yeah, I love it. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Andy. Really appreciate the conversation. Looking forward to what happens with Gated in the future. Before we close out, can you let people know how they can connect with you? Gated.com. Gated.com. It's that easy. G-A-T-E-D, just like it sounds. Gated.com. Thank you so much for listening. You can get the show notes and the video of this episode over at staypaidpodcast.com. And while you're there, drop us a five-star review on Apple Podcast. 
leave a, a rating just to let us know how we're doing. And the best way to help out the show and show your support is to tell a friend. If you want to get a hold of me or Luke, you can email us at podcast at remindermedia.com. And of course, you can follow us on Instagram. We are at Stay Paid Podcast. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. Guys, I'm Luke A. Creek. Got a great action item for you here. As all of you are probably doing email marketing, right? So implement this week in your emails that are going out. Stop and ask yourself, if you had to pay two bucks for this email to enter the inbox or three bucks to the list that you're sending it to, would you send that email? Would you actually click send on that email if you had to actually pay $3 for every inbox that it was hitting? I think that is such a great action item to pause you and stop you and make you think about what you actually wrote to improve the quality of your content. Because like we said, the content and the personalization of that content is the key in order for you to actually drive action from that consumer and value to that consumer. Remember, the difference between a top producer and a mediocre producer in every single business is top producers take action. Take action on that today. 